mentored by some of the best minds in entrepreneurship in the world, then you're listening to the right podcast, Ditch Digger CEO. We're going to be interviewing CEOs and founders who will be telling their amazing rags to riches stories. These entrepreneurs who dominate the industries they serve will be sharing the secrets to their success. We'll be talking to millionaires and billionaires, many who started with nothing. You're going to be mentored with golden nuggets of shared experiences from my guests, whose time is worth thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars per hour. I started in the paving business right out of high school. And with no college education, mentorship has been my education of choice. I started over 25 companies in the last 20 years, have generated over $1.5 billion in revenues. My guarantee is this. If you listen to Ditch Digger CEO and you want to be more successful, you will become more successful. The secrets of my success and for many of the world's greatest business leaders will be revealed. Let Ditch Digger CEO mentor you. All right. All right. Here we are, Ditch Digger CEO. We've got a, another awesome entrepreneur on board today to talk about his, his, uh, his, his passion for entrepreneurship, his passion for his home country, India, his passion for this great country, America. And uh, Rapesh, welcome to Ditch Digger CEO today. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gary and Chris, for having me. I really appreciate it. We have one more We have one more host. Uh, my, my nephew is also on, Rapesh. Meet Joey, my nephew, because he's a young entrepreneur, and I like Joey to ask questions, too. Joey, say hi to Rapesh. Hi, Rapesh. Hello, Joey. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. So, Rapesh... Let's start with you know, we, we like to talk about it. You know, the, the, I'm, I'm a I'm a, I love my country, America. Actually, I, I love India too. I was in India for over a month in Bangalore, and and uh, I've got many friends that are Indian. Some some are some are Hindu, some are Muslim. There they there. What I love about India is there. It's a melting pot of of a few different great faiths, but the faiths there are, are one of you know very loving. I never experienced so much so much love in my opinion from a, from a whole city when I met. People that were very poor or very rich, it didn't matter. I I, I, I can't explain the the uh, the compassion that I felt in the in the in the in the city of Bangalore. I was I was, I was there for over forty five days. So and I and I and I never knew why why I, I have a handful of very close friends of mine that are Indian entrepreneurs and CEOs of companies that they started. But I never really understand why I I messed with them so fast and got to be friends so fast, right? But I, you know, but when you learn about the the, the different faiths, right? Um, most of my friends are Hindu that are, that are that are that are from India. Um, but I, but I, you know, it's very 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 loving people overall, in my opinion. So but, I, you, you're, people are people are going to see that when they when they listen to you as well. I can tell. So Rapesh, well, welcome and thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, where you came from originally. Um, how do you have this idea of a business that you want to start and grow and and uh, you know, start with like kind of your your background and your 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 upbringing. Oh, sure, sure. I'd love to. Um, happy, you would love to talk about it. So, um, I'm fortunate um, to be where I am today, and great uh, thankful to this great country of America. And I'm American citizen as of today. So, uh, I'm proud, very very proud citizen. So, I grew up in India. Um, the um, I wouldn't like. I was just about the uh, poverty. Uh, I I was just above or about at the poverty line, and I needed scholarship to study my engineering. So I did a bachelor's degree from India, 
uh, at the age 21, uh, gosh, that seems like a more than half of my age. So at that time, I moved to US and I came here to do master's in chemical engineering. And I did from Texas A&M. Um, that probably was one of the life-changing moments of my life. Thank you very much to America. And uh, I, 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 I was given a scholarship. Imagine you're getting paid to study in USA. What can get better? So I was, <laughs> I, I, I was very, very fortunate. Uh, did my master's uh, with 4.0 GPA. And then I did go to, um, I, I worked for a corporate job for eight years. Um, I worked for a company at that time was known as a simulation sciences, S4 simulation sciences. So through mergers and acquisition, ultimately they became part of Snyder Electric. And also, after, like that was my first job, which uh, lasted for about seven years. And then I resigned from that job in California and moved to Texas to work for a company called Aspen Technology. So all along, I was a chemical engineer developing and implementing the software to be used by chemical engineers. So I need to have a knowledge of chemical engineering and of computer science. And that kind of created this unique blend of, of my professional career. While, while I'm working, I realized, I mean, I was, I was looking to buy a book online, a textbook. And I stumbled upon a book that it, it was not even a textbook. It was a this small size kids book, like those kids storybook of an early age that was being sold for, uh, that was being sold on eBay for like some 30, 40 odd dollars. And it was pre-sold on Amazon for $1,600. Guess from $30 to pre-sold for $1,600. And gosh, I got it. I, I jumped with both hands, um, had my first, successful transaction and that from there on um i sort of uh, did my best to scale up where we are today and can you tell me tell me about oh you tell me what year was this and you moved to texas and you had like you're saying you were you had a computer science experience and chemical yeah that you have the chemical engineering degree and computer science and uh, and uh you moved to texas what year and then and tell me about how this opportunity happened Sure, sure, sure. Um, good catch. So 2007 was a year of turnaround. That is when I moved to Texas. That is when I was looking for to buy a book. Uh, I was looking at a textbook. This was an accidental discovery, so to speak, that I realized that, hey, like this is an easy money. Okay. And so that is when I purchased that book and sold it. Uh, immediately for a lot more than I purchased it for. That was 2007. Okay, how, how do you, how, how'd you uh, sell it for more than you purchased for? I'm not, I don't understand that transaction. Tell me about that. Okay, so at that time, um, so the online e-commerce was still in infancy or um, kind of it was developing. So Amazon did not add of hundreds of millions of items that they have today. So they just have, they used to have this little option that you find something on Amazon and chances are that nobody is selling that on Amazon. 
So you can actually go and say that, look, I'm willing to pay this amount if somebody is willing to sell this item to me. So yes. you enter a credit card, you commit an amount, and you wait mm -hmm. for someone to show up and willing to sell at that price. And Amazon will publish that list to seller. I remember that, yes. Yeah, so I, da I, I would download that list. I would, like, I mean, this is my next phase. So I would download that list. I'll... I use some software programming of my own to search against that list on eBay. And as in when item is being sold at fraction of the price that was already sold on Amazon, my, uh, my software would just alert me and I'll buy that. Wow. Cool. That, that, and so you get, that, that was your, that, so then you said there's a business here, right? Correct. Correct. So I, I sort of realized that, hey, this is a, this can be a good business. So for next three years, I did moonlighting. Um, I, I was doing like reasonably well in my job. I was dedicated. I was traveling, but over the nights and weekends, I would go and work on it a little bit. My family supported me in India and in United States, uh, both supported me to scale that up. So slowly, one bit at a time, we started scaling that business. Okay, so tell, explain to me, like, you know, the uh, how that process worked. You know, the, 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 the opportunity you saw, the customers that you saw, and how you could serve that, how you believe you could serve that market and, and make a good living. Sure, absolutely. So, um, I mean, Earlier reaction for the most part, but we're like, oh, you sell book, uh, books, uh, and then like the next version, what, what would you, what do you do full time? I mean, so <laughs> like most people <laughs> thought that you cannot make living uh, selling books. On the other end, actually, books are one of the very uh, profitable uh, things to sell. Actually, and I feel good about spreading that knowledge and accessibility. But yes, so. Talking about scaling of business, uh, I started, uh, I mean, we started with that software and the versions of that software that we have created. We started looking for an opportunity where we can buy items for lot less on eBay and sell for lot more on Amazon. So it's that uh, early days of creating those smart or uh, that, uh, uh, the like, that piece of course helped us to grow, help us to start growing. So we soon started buying maybe anywhere between 10 to 15 items a day. Slowly we scaled up to 30, 40, 50 items a day. Every single day we will get all these packages at our resident. Uh, we will open it, we will list those items and the items started selling, uh, selling faster than we could buy actually. So I <laughs> so that is when I sort of realized that hey, there is a serious opportunity, and I did resign from job in 2010. Finally, well, 2010, you go full time in this, huh? Correct. Yes. And when you started 2010, how many books a day were you selling compared to that 10 to 15 per day? Now you're 2010, taking this jump and this leap of faith. How many were you selling at that point? Um, I think so. We we were selling between about fifty to hundred 
books a day and i used to focus on books which are between 50 to 150 dollar range so essentially between 5 to 7000 dollars a day was a sell i'm i'm annualizing over a year because when um, because we were so focused on selling textbooks um, i mean books and primarily textbooks so december and january were our distinct um high mark or high season points uh when we were selling textbooks at that time sure wow okay so five to seven thousand dollars a day already that fast okay so tell us how many you know tell us kind of what that looked like how many employees how did it, you know were they out of your house in your garage tell us about that and then just tell us where you are today just a, a, a glimpse of that and then we can go back and talk about how it happened okay Sure, sounds like a plan. Thank you. This is uh, my favorite story to uh, share, and I suddenly hope that a um, lot of, um, I mean, I I suddenly hope I can inspire you. Um, so, uh, at that time, uh, I mean, we we were quite new to it. So, but like I mean, we were living in apartment. Uh, we started storing books in our closet, and um. <laughs> so and then my closet yeah and pretty soon closet couldn't stand those that weight of heavy bolt so we broke it it came down okay <laughs> <laughs> and that time i was like you were kind of feeling little shy speak about um being um entrepreneur so even when like uh, our friends would come over we would actually move all the items from close it into our trunk of a car okay <laughs> we'll bring it back <laughs> okay so not so so from there to uh to let's say uh, 20 or 12 years later right 13 years later what does it look like today what how big is that closet today <laughs> quite big uh so we work uh so we have two distinct uh component to our business one is um, what I call physical logistics item aspect to it, where we have our own warehouse of, of like almost uh, 30,000 square feet in Texas, but that's a tiny fraction of overall what we do. Um, we have partners, what we call 3PL logistic partners in terms of uh, who can store, who can uh, receive our item, store it and ship it. Uh, after uh, uh, as in when we sell so we have uh, many relations on west coast uh, US central and on the east coast so all like and of course our own warehouse in south of United States so we have our inventory spread all across US and in many Amazon and so this is the physical logistic item aspect of it and and we have uh, quite a few um employees in United States and we have a five offices in India with almost 700 employees and we have some employees throughout the world uh, in Japan in uh, uh, in Japan Ukraine and so on so we have like few employees slash consultants around the world Wow <clears throat> so the 30,000 square feet might be 
uh, five or ten percent of your total storage, or probably less than that. Huh? Yeah, well, less than five percent. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so when what? Tell us about then what you what is your value proposition today, and who are your customers? Are your customers the same customers buying on Amazon, or you know, tell us about your customers today compared to then? Tell us about your uh, you know the, the the value proposition that you deliver. It keeps you on top of your industry. It keeps you growing. Absolutely. So uh, our customers are um, broadly defined as anyone who is buying who is buying any stock. We sell over a million items uh, online. So our customers are anyone who is online shopper. If you shop on in uh, Google, Facebook, Amazon, um, chances are that we have had a chance to serve you. At one point, we realized that we crossed, I think, uh, a mark with one in one in uh, one in every three households must have our items uh, when it comes to online shopping. So we do serve a lot of customers in US. Uh, our value propose and around the world as well. And our uh, our value proposition is that look, uh, we have we have created this efficient system to bring you items at the most uh, at the best price and the like in the best quality. For example, I, I mean, um, because of our entire cost structure is much lower than any corporate behemoth would have. Um, we are able to give, like, we are able to sometimes um, sell items at a much lower prices than others would. Um, and not only, we don't not only compete on the cost, but we also get unique, useful items around the world and offer it to customers that they can, sometimes becomes essential for their life. Sometimes it becomes, for example, uh, just to give you an idea, some of the products we sell, one of them is uh, uh, this uh, a re plastic red cup, uh, which are reusable. So I'm sure most of us have used solo pop sometimes in a life, right? And we, we use solo cup, we throw it in trash. But what if you, what if someone can buy a plastic reusable cup? that they can use over and over again for many years to come. That's one example. The, what it, like what are the chances that you can buy a singing ball without have, have, ever traveling to Asia? What are the chance? I mean, some of the, I mean, we uh, we own a soccer brand called Vizari. The, we have a, I mean, unique product for a girl football a ball girl soccer player so we have a pink shoes pink soccer balls a lot of those attractive things that most corporate uh being both like nike or adidas would not even think about adding it or not uh, immediately so we saw these unique items to our customers that are usually not available hard to find so we fill in those gaps at a very very competitive prices and also, I'm proud of top-notch nerve service that we provide to our customers because, um, I mean, we have a 24-7 uh, customer service operations available. And so 
Yeah, we don't have holidays. We work around the clock for our customers. Wow. Okay. So so twenty four seven, pretty much. Do you guys actually own like a soccer ball brand? I mean, do you you so you actually some so when you find opportunity, you can actually buy a brand yourself, right? And and market and sell it across the globe, also, huh? Oh, absolutely. And we have been doing it. So we have acquired eleven. Probably tomorrow it will be twelve brands that we would acquire and um so 12 brands like out of those nine brands are from united states one from canada and two from india so we like yeah and every single time when we step on a opportunity to acquire a great brand we would be happy to uh, acquire the whole business and invest into it okay so originally it was all books what percentage is books now now, what percentage is the rest of the market? And is there any other dominant products that, like, you know, maybe books are ten percent? Is there other dominant mar uh, markets that you serve that are more than five or ten percent? Uh, yeah. So, uh, books are now less than five percent of what we of our overall sales. So, we have grown uh, much beyond books. Our top categories are um, so. Uh, okay, our top categories are. Party supplies, furniture, electronics, pet products, um, and so on. So we do sell quite a bit in those areas. Well, okay, and uh, and it can probably it's probably always changing a little bit depending on the year, depending on the market, right? I mean, nothing's 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 uh, you know consistent. I'm sure, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, think about how much party supplies we were selling during time of COVID. <laughs> I'm being yeah. a little sarcastic. So, like, during COVID, our party supply business went from, like, being one of the top one or two sellers on Amazon to, like, almost zero volume. Like, nobody wanted that. Nobody was doing party at that time. So, yeah, it's constantly changing your point. Did your whole business uh, get hurt through COVID or or not? I mean, did it balance out? Actually, we we, we did balance out quite a bit. Uh, fortunately, um, we are spread across multiple um, item types and categories. So while few things went, took a nosedive, there are few things which skyrocketed. And that uh, kind of balanced us out. That's, that's me. Okay, so let's say let's talk about your revenue. Revenue is the first year with a couple employees, or no, or just you and your wife. We're talking about that, and then employees and revenues today. Okay, so obviously we started from zero. I think first year probably we didn't even do uh, three hundred thousand um, dollar. I I I like to check it. Uh, good good point. Up. So I'll have to check it. But I think we did less than three hundred thousand in the first year. Um, but right now, I mean, when we closed 2022, we closed at 160 plus million dollars in top line. And, uh, that's our revenue today. What, 160 million top line? One, one six zero. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty good growth. You know, that's, that's, uh, anybody would love to, to bet on that growth or actually be part of that growth. Right. So. And today, who are, your, who are your stockholders? Are you are you a major stockholder or CEO and a majority owner? 
Tell us about the breakdown of ownership and how that's worked out from the beginning to today. So fortunately, the way we have grown business in a very balanced way, we are still a bootstrap. We have not taken um, we have, we have not taken any uh, any investment from any investors yet because we we were uh, we were cash flow positive all along. And so even when the investors wanted to walk in, just intuitively we said no at that time. And of course we thanked them, we did thank them. Uh, so we are still bootstrapped. Uh, ma majority of equity is owned by uh, me and my family. But the best part, which I'm actually very proud of, is that we have given uh, some of the equity to our employees. So when we go when we grow from where we are to where we need want to be we want each one of them to benefit from that upward trajectory of the company growth nice that's awesome yeah i mean you know what when you get when you can have your key people be part of the equity and, and you know be part of that growth it's the best right and, yes. and hopefully you get you know it's 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 always a challenge and we find that if you build the right culture Almost everybody in the organization can feel ownership, right? If they're paid well and they get good benefits and you, you, you love your teammates, right? They're going to love the business back to a certain extent. But then right. when you're able to give some give some equity or they can earn some equity, um, it's a different level for sure, right? They, they feel more ownership, of course. They feel more engaged. And, they, and, and usually you don't have to ask them to work a few extra hours. You don't have to work, ask them to pick up that phone call on a, on a weekend or whatever, right? So that's... That's awesome. See, I like look. I've seen the life in full spectrum, so to speak, especially on an economic scale. And that's when what I feel about it is that look. I mean, I always tell them that look, you are so highly talented that what the compensation that any company, including us, will give you on a daily basis will just be good enough for your routine expenses. How do you build wealth? for your lifetime. And so that is where this ESOC comes in. And I've seen some of the incredible success story. Just two days ago, I met a gentleman. He joined company, another company, not us. He joined company, he was given a, this ESOC, a small equity from the company at $1 a share. And now the value of that share in open market is more than $20. So in these four years, he went from one to 20. Imagine someone having even like 100 or $200,000 worth of those small equity. It was That's two, two, two to four million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, so that's a story. And look, I mean, another thing I strongly feel that I've experienced it, that you are, you, I mean, I feel that you are only as successful as you make other people successful, especially around you. Absolutely. You, yeah. So that is the, my um, that is my motto. I want to see people around me successful, happy, and I'm sure that they will give me more than I deserve. Absolutely. All right. If you if you love seeing other people succeed, then then you know they're gonna they're gonna love to see you succeed and help you get there. They're gonna help them get there too. It's a it, it's a win win, right? And, and I and I believe it's so important. You're you're building incredible 
enterprise value, right? That that you may never sell, or maybe it's your the next generation that sells. Who knows, right? But every day you're building enterprise value by surrounding yourself with leaders that that not only make you look good, that but could stomach the load if you go on vacation, or or you get hit by a bus, right? I mean, when we look, I look at the value of our businesses, and if if you don't have a number two, number three, and people that are that are able to continue to carry on, your business doesn't have a lot of value, does it? Exactly, exactly. No, I mean, like, and that is what our, our idea is to build uh, amazing, strong team on the top that can, uh, I mean, the business can survive, sustain, and thrive beyond me. I always encourage everybody in my team that look, I mean, think of it uh, as just, uh, I mean, succession planning is a must. And I mean, we, the way, like, I mean, the way I travel, the way um, I live, I I mean, say I'm not a very conserv- conservative guy, as you can say, right? I mean, I love living a little bit on the edge. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to see that this enterprise actually grows, survives, and thrives beyond me. So, very well said about succession planning. It is a must. It is. Uh, do you do you have any family members? Any any? Do you have children? Oh yes, I'm proud to uh, proud to be fa- uh, proud father of three boys, nine, ten, and thirteen. Uh, right. And uh, they they keep me and uh, my wife very busy. And do, do they do they hang around the business with you? They they like what you do in work at work or what? Well, they like hanging around more than I would like them to be around. So <laughs> right now I'm kind of, uh, I give them a soft, um, um, like go focus on your play and whatever. I mean, like I play with them, but I'm, they are interested. I mean, like when my youngest one is kind of uh, punished by teacher for selling rocks to his friend, I was like, wow, should I be proud of it or should I punish him? <laughs> be proud, be proud of him. I mean, golly. Yeah, if, if you could start doing business in grade school, selling candy and, and marketing it up because you're delivering a service or, you know, you're able to do anything like that in grade school, um, be proud of it because you're, your mind is already thinking about being an entrepreneur. Uh, he, watches, he watches you every day and he says, you know, that's I want to be like my dad. And it's a beautiful thing. As you know, you know, America is, is it's not a common thing to be able to build like we built businesses in America and be rewarded for it. I mean, innovation happens in America more than any other country in the world, as you know, because when you innovate, you know, you take risk, you innovate, and you're rewarded for that. And that's the reason America, American entrepreneurs like you, um, like me, hopefully, right, we solve problems and we, and we create successful enterprises, right? But every every country's not like that, right? As much as I love so many other countries, no other country gives gives the opportunity that we have here in America. Oh, by all means, and um, I like it is. I I would love to retreat. I'm a proud American. Thank you. I, I like I truly honestly believe that the. I mean, for me, con- like India is my mother country. America is a father country. It is taught me so much, gave me so much in terms of teaching, professionalism, innovativeness, openness, like accepting other culture, 
gosh, I mean, I am in awe of what we are today. And this is what makes a great country. No wonder there are very, very few countries that comes even close to what America is today. Because you know what? I mean, the acceptance, the openness, innovativeness, hard work, reward is just to a next level. And thanks, uh, I mean, like, yes, uh, I'm very proud of where we are today and uh, grateful for great country of America. Well, and I, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I want to get you information on my organization I was part of starting 12 years ago. It's called Job Creators Network. It's all about entrepreneurs and, and champions of free enterprise like you, right? And I stand together and we fight bad regulations against big, small business and innovation, right? Um, we've done some amazing things over the years, but we're but I just joined the board again um, because I because I want to make a difference. I want to make sure that we protect this free enterprise system so that our grandkids, right? Your kids, our grandkids can experience the same dream if they work hard, right? And so that's something that I'll I'll, I'll tell you about offline if you want. I'll give you the information. But JCN Job Creators Network is doing amazing things for our country to protect our, our free enterprise system more than more than more than NFIB or anybody. Um, and I, I know you're 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 a member of YPO too, right? Correct. Yeah. So I'm um, um, I'm super happy member of EO and YPO. Um, All right. Yes. Uh, love it. I'm a part of a local Houston chapter on EO side. On YPO side, I'm a part of Global One chapter. And uh, again, this is a great American innovation. Both the organization came out of America and doing such an amazing services, encouraging entrepreneurship around the world. And I've seen that firsthand. I've seen how, how much helpful they are building partnership between a local government and a business like helping each other out i mean these are great uh, one more time i mean super good innovation um not necessarily for financial uh, i mean these are all 501c3 but these are not financial uh, uh i mean sorry for profit organization but they are doing a super good service they sure are i mean again being a part of yto and and EO, Right, gives us a network of leaders that are also leading, and we can uh, we can share experiences, right? Share experiences like you and I are doing right now, that make our make our make our brains work harder to uh, to, to solve problems, right? I mean, if I if I can call uh, you know fifty different friends instead of one to solve a problem, I'm probably going to solve that problem, right? <laughs> and and, and net, networks like YPO and EO give you the ability to, to to have many relationships with people that you trust and trust you. Okay, that will help you solve problems that you wouldn't have otherwise, and that's what that's the that's the great part of networking and, and, and American entrepreneurship is you know we're in it together. And if you if you realize if you realize YPO, it's like thirty five thousand members, but about about two thirds of those members, maybe seventy five percent of them, are in America, and it's because wow. we've got a lot more entrepreneurs here. We have a lot more rewards for entrepreneurs here, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Gary, like, I mean, I'm sure you must have heard this in, in being in YPO that um, if y, YPO were a country, they would be number three economy in the world. I know. I know. I've saw, I read that. It's crazy, right? And that's why, you know, we need to use YPO to stand together to solve problems and also fight, fight good causes, right? And, and unfortunately, 
unfortunately, there's a lot of YPOers. I mean, I've got so many friends in YPO. I'm so blessed, right? But a lot of my friends don't really understand the correlation of, of America, the 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 the, the battle and and the, and the the battle that America uh, has had to to stay this free country and to keep and hopefully you know bring more freedom to other countries. And and that same freedom is what allows us to do what we do as entrepreneurs, right? And a lot of a lot of uh, C- CEOs that I know, they're my friends, don't know that this isn't like this isn't. There's no other country like this in the world, and and we need to continue to to actually protect that because um, we can enjoy this all day long, but if we don't protect it, we're we're not respecting it very well, right? By all means, Gary. I mean. On a side note, like, I mean, apart from business, travel is my passion. I've been to more than 80 countries for business. What? Yes, Gary. Wow. <laughs> but Okay, what what is one country that you, uh-huh. you would say respects entrepreneurship and free enterprise close to America? What's one country that you see that's trying to be like America, let's say? I would say... Australia is probably the closest. Okay. I mean, based on, no, I mean, I got friends who are my former college mates who are in Australia. Probably Australia, I would say, is the closest when it comes to free. But of course, I mean, when I say closest, it's a distant second to me. But yes, I mean, uh, that would be my take on it. Australia. Yes. Okay. And uh, and what and what country do you feel is uh, uh what what country have you enjoyed you know, visiting the most for for whatever reasons? Uh, I, I would say Iceland. No, Iceland with a lot of really beautiful nature, uh, just incredible. Um, and <laughs> it's just amazing. I mean, you may. Like one of the, like it's just that trivia, but the, in Iceland, they have more availability of hot water than cold water. So to make a normal room temperature water, they actually bring the cold water in so that they uh, cool down the water. So, wow. <laughs> wow. Because they, and, is it, is it, and is it sure that Iceland, I mean, I think about Iceland as a cold, icy, dark place because like an it. Okay. But yet Greenland, is more of that, right? And Iceland is more of what you would think Greenland is. Is that right? I mean, yes, yes, exactly. Um, yes, I've never been learned. Yes, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna check that out someday in my lifetime. Um, yes. Okay, so when you when you think about the the core values that you would tell any young entrepreneur to 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 think about as they lead lead people, right? For you to grow from nothing to 700 people, um, they your teammates, your 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 employees and your customers and your vendors had to see some things in you for you to gain their trust and want to, to, to serve the same, to serve your same customers, right? Or your customers want to do business with you. What are some core values you would say have been your, your top core values that you believe your business and your culture have that, it's, that provides the, the, you know, the, 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 the direction and the culture? Sure, Gary, would love to. So, uh, I, I, I would say, like, I mean, I think what I've learned is there is no um, there is no alternative to being honesty and hard work. I mean, those are the two top uh, culture. It, even though it may sound like a cliche, 
but it is as important and as fashionable as it was ever before. So be honest, be like be willing to give more than one hundred and fifty percent in anything you do. Uh, I mean, even when we work with vendor, we tell them we we kind of we we are quite an open book to share that like kind of profits we make, the kind of marketing we do. I mean, they are impressed. They understand our pain. They understand why they work with us. So I think those are some of the core values. And in a very similar way, when um, when I am dealing with my team member, I still don't. Somehow I always use team member more than I am use for employees. Somewhere I want them to believe in our vision, and they do believe. They. Um, I mean, when I speak, when I speak from my heart, I kind of uh, tell them, show them the vision. Um, and look, uh, we have done a lot of things um, like um, multinational companies. We have gone even above and beyond to take care of them because we truly care for people. We truly um, value people more than anything else. Relationships are quite uh, critical to our success. No, no matter the amount, I mean, even today, when you hear left and right, I mean, we have never ever fired someone for a financial reasons. We have always, I mean, here, I mean, we, we are still hiring. We were hiring during COVID times. We were hiring even now. So if somebody is willing to uh, work with us, we, would give them everything they deserve and probably a little more. So, um, I, I mean, yeah. So, coming back to core values, be be honest, hardworking, bias for action, or like, I mean, even like, I mean, just see anything without action is just a plan or a dream, which may not never come happen. So, that is very, very important for us. Another one I've realized as we grow the team is I use what greater good. So a lot of time I take a back step. I say sorry more often than I should. But you know, I always am thinking about greater good. That if my if me doing something is a good for other fifty people around me, why not? So we we think on those lines. And one of the I mean this is the like now in my late forties what I've realized is that um, you know, like, I mean, this is our, one of the core values of the company stands for you only live once and have fun. So we truly believe that took, I mean, work, relationship, everything is very, very important. But look, this day is not coming back. And that is the one value that I, I feel very much aligned to and my company are probably one of the most popular Four values that we have is your <laughs> and I'm glad. I love it. Sorry, I love it. Yeah, you only live once. Have fun, right? Yeah, I agree. And again, you, you and when people have fun working in your organization, working in your culture, right. it's a beautiful thing because you're providing an or an, op, an opportunity and culture that people love being part of. And again, as you know, life is short. We see so many. I've I've seen you know um, my closest person in my life you know pass away and. And, I, and and you, and you see your friends, and you know, and you, we're all health, you know, have health issues sometimes and things, right? 
and and life is very short. So yeah, I, I like it. If you focus on that with your team, right? You only live once, have fun. They're not having fun. Maybe they're not a fit because, but, but let's find something, help them find something that they'll love even outside your own business, right? Because if you're in your organization, they're not having fun. We're probably not having fun and they're causing other people not to have fun, right? So I love I love that. It's a simple thing. You only live once and have fun if that's your... Tell, tell me about your vision before we end. I want to talk about, you know, what did you see when you started this? Did you see a vision to get to 700 employees and and and, and, and uh, 160 million revenues within 12, 13 years? Did you see that originally? Tell me about the vision you had back then. And then how did you how did you carry that vision on to those those first few employees you hired? Um, yeah. So, um, I'm not I'm not um, okay. In 2010, 11. Um, I was still kind of in this figuring out phase, but eventually it kind of became clear that um, we can be. Um, we can be a, a sizable company in terms of top line, in terms of employment opportunities and so on. Only if we solve our existing stakeholders, be it customers or our vendors well. So yes, we had a vision. And, uh, we we started, I mean, we had a five-year plan and then another five-year plan and so on. So we started executing like one piece at a time. Um, yes, sometimes we were happily surprised to uh, see growth more than we had hoped for. And sometimes actually we had, a, well, I mean, we did not get to the growth, but overall we were moving um, quite steadily. And um, so, yes, vision was there. And even now, sorry, I think you asked about future vision. We want yeah, So, yeah. So think about that. So think about it. it sounds like you do like I do. We do. We do one, three, five-year visions, right? We we and we built strategy around the vision. We 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 all we meet. We talk about the expectation of the vision. Uh, it starts with the CEO or the leader working with the team that that uh, of people that are visionaries more, right? And then it, then we bring the the operations team together and we say, is this possible? Is this too much? Tell us what where our blind spots are, right? So. So, so what what do you do for that? And what when you look five years out right now, what do you see? This this great organization going five years out, and 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 who do you who do you share that with, so that they're pulling with you in the same direction? Oh, absolutely. So, um, see, our vision is to, I mean, look, I mean, at the company level, our vision is to become a billion dollar top line revenue enterprise in five years. For me. That is something that I can define in one line and can pull everyone together with me. But more importantly, when that happens, maybe in four years, maybe in five years, but when that happens, what I'm and what I'm expecting, anticipating, and projecting that the lowest level of our employee cadre, who is just what I, uh, I mean. Okay, I don't know better word, but it's called office boy in India. The lowest person, the like someone who is just under or starting up party line, will have enough of money, like uh, probably hundred and fifty thousand equivalent dollar to their name at that time when that company happens. So everybody would become a like 
over and above average middle class at that time. So I want to pull that vision. Imagine that, I mean, I truly wake every day up and I think that, look, I have a, this fortunate, God-given opportunity to make 700 families better. Okay, and this is what I'm most excited about. At one point, look, I mean, to me, personal wealth will become just one more number. And it's not going to make any difference in my life. But I want to see that because I've seen a difference it made in my life when a some, uh, someone very like that I respect a lot gave me a little bit of money, but that changed my life. So sometimes you make that difference. And that is most important for me that uh, I have this shot at making a difference in 700, maybe 1000 families at that time. And that is the positive vision that I'm uh, working on. Rakesh, you're a servant leader, and, I, and that's that's servant, great servant leaders are what make the world world turn, right? It, and create great businesses and enterprises because people want to work in an organization where the servant leader, the leader is a servant leader like you, who, hey, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna see your success and your wealth, but they know that you're a guy that's gonna serve them as much as they serve you. In the long run, their your success is gonna translate to their success. And the thing about that, I mean, if you're gonna grow that thick, you're probably gonna need a few thousand, you know, a few thousand employees, maybe two or three thousand employees to get to a billion dollars in revenue, right? Yes, yes. So, so think about that. So, your 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 newest uh, teammates, right? The the most entry level teammates. To to be to be automatic, you know, worth that kind of money is unbelievable. It's awesome, and that's a beautiful vision that that many people are going to buy into. So, I mean, especially those leaders that you have right now that are helping you create this value, they know that they're going to be treated amazing, and they'll be they'll be very wealthy people um, by 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 helping you be part of this team. So that's that's cool, cool as can be, and I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I, I want to get Joey. Joey, do you have any questions for for our friend here? You got a great entrepreneur, and you're a young entrepreneur. You want to be an entrepreneur like 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 uh, this all star. What, what's your questions, Joey? Any? Yes. Hi, Rupesh. Uh, I just wanted to say your story is amazing, especially um, as myself coming from a foreign country that was um, heavily uh, third, like a third world country. It's great to hear that you know you came from a background and you've uh, built. Uh, a business, and I wanted to know um, who were the most important mentors in your life. Uh, sure, Joey. Um, thank you for that uh, very thoughtful question. I derive a lot of energy from what I call uh, energy and inspiration from what I call um, my immediate circle. I mean, I of course I love reading stories of uh, successful people, what got them to be successful. Uh, but when rubber meets the road, so um, knowing, I mean, like as I mentioned that um, I was, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I grew up below poverty line. And um, then when I needed to even just to apply in United States, right? I mean, I can get a scholarship only when I apply to universities. For, so those for application fee, I have had a, a mentor, a great um, um, personal, like I mean, a great personality who was in my social circle at that time. Unfortunately, is no more. 
So he gave me this, what I call seed money to start money just to apply and he believed in me. So that is that one mentorship, I mean, like, and he mentored me all along on the right decisions. So I would say that, yes, uh, he, he was my, uh, like, maybe five, ten steps distant uncle, but he helped me. Um, is I would refer him as uh, Mr. M.M. And other than the, there are public figures, I mean, like, and then, like, when I uh, came to university, I had a great professor, Dr. Robert Sir. He helped me. I mean, he not only taught the subject, but he taught me the fun, like, I mean, what America is all about. Okay, so I am so thankful to him. And then at that time, we had a college coordinator, uh, Dr. Millie Slaughter. She was an amazing person. Like, literally, she took our classic to show that how to live in America, what it is all about. So every step, then I was fortunate to get my first boss, uh, Mr. Anderson. And he was so, like, I mean, he taught me the value of hard work. Like, I mean, he would be in office when he wants to, when he commits to something, he will, nothing comes in his way and commitment. So at every step of the way, I fortunately have found someone that I look forward to. And the, then I learned that, okay, what makes me look forward to them? And kind of cycle goes on. Just um, to give you an idea, not too long ago, being part of YPO, I connected with uh, Dr. Uh, like he's, um, okay, he's, he's Prasad. He goes by Prasad, part of YPO. And he chose to give his one hour of time uh, for to mentor me for the changes uh, for the challenges that I'm pursuing. So he built the company, which is probably over a billion dollar today already. Okay, so I wanted to talk to someone that have built company of that size, and I reached out to him, and he graciously agreed. So all along, I found a. I mean, sorry, sorry to be little verbose with this answer, but this is a amazing question. Just yesterday, I was at one of the Ghana function and I met uh, someone named Mr. Goradia. Okay, mark this name. Now, this Mr. Goradia is a self-made billionaire in Houston. In 2014, he gave a speech that I went to and I, I wrote down 10 points that he covered in the speech. And every week, I keep it on my auto reminder. I read that just 10 points, okay, little snippet of word. I read it every week. And when I met him yesterday, I showed him that, look, in eight years, what a difference you have made. And he was like, oh my God, right? I mean, so <laughs> I have some mentors. I have a lot of mentors. And that's awesome, Ed. And, and you you appreciate that. And 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 continue, you and I, as, as we get older, continue to seek out mentorship, right? Because there's many things we're never going to know, but when we want to do things, we want to grow our business. We want to take, we want to take care of our family. We want to do great vacations, right? When you have mentors that you can reach out to, and they can share experiences, trust, trusted experiences, there's nothing better than that, right? And it's it's, it's not that difficult. Once you when you have a network of friends, it's really easy, right? So that's really that. I'm sure that he loved that that you came up to him and said that to him because that's what I want to be. That's what I think you want to be. We want to be. 
people that when we leave this world, the world is a better place because of us, right? Because we shared our experiences, good or bad, to help somebody else get better, right? Absolutely. And on that yeah. note, um, I know that it's not part of your question, but be it anyone you or you know, I mean, I'm really happy to take a, a mentor, anyone, or just give an advice, whatever I do experience share, rather that's the right word, give an experience share with anyone. So a lot of time I in turn um, have helped out a lot of uh, people. I mean, fortunate like they considered me uh, to seek advice, worth taking advice from. So I've helped education causes. I have mentor, mentor young entrepreneur. So this is just out there. Like, I mean, it's just, it's my time to give back. I've taken enough and I'll, I'll be happy to do it. Like, just, it's a public announcement out there. Anyone? Well, hey, hey, you're, you're, uh, you better watch out. Joey is not afraid to call you, okay? My nephew is not afraid to call you. Absolutely. Anytime, Joey. What was the uh, 10 things that that guy uh, that you wrote down that that guy shared an advice that you wrote down? Oh, my. You you will make him famous, okay? But let me read out that to you. So his grandson grandson actually reached out to me and said, hey, can you share those values with me? And I said, yeah, uh, with my pleasure. So um, I wish I can share my screen, but it's right here. So the first one is go extra mile. Second is very few things in life are black and white. Black or white. Third one is everything in life is opportunity, not a problem. Fourth is common sense is not that common. Fifth is keep things simple. Sixth is, look beyond the obvious. Seventh is, whatever you do, do with passion. Eighth is, don't let money be your only motive. Ninth is, don't be afraid to make mistakes. And the tenth one, my most favorite is, no guts, no glory. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Okay, so what we do here is... uh, we, you know, we're, we're out to, to seek out and find, you know, basically the laws of success from everybody we interview. And there's a book called The Laws of Success that I based this on that, that, was, wrote, that was written at, uh, after the turn of the century, uh, the, uh, the last century. Anyway, so, so what you just gave us were some nuggets of, of, you know, laws of success that you believe were things that you followed and this gentleman before you followed. Um, could tell, tell me, uh, uh, I want to actually, Chris, tell us what you picked up so far. So, at the end of our podcast, always, um, we, we like Chris to come in with the things that he picked up on the laws of success that he found that, uh, that he believes that, uh, that, that you shared with us. I know all of these 10 will be a big part of that. So, uh, Rakesh, uh, thanks for that. And Chris, go ahead and give us those. What, what you were the, the other nuggets, the other laws of success that we found in, 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 this, uh, in this podcast. Yeah, awesome. Rakesh, that was super inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing your time. But uh, lived an incredible life, and it just seems to keep uh, getting more incredible. So, really, really excited for everyone to hear this. Um, so you're only as successful as you make the people around you. I think if, if you just focused on that, you would achieve incredible success. Not even worried about your own success. 
Um, if you can call 50 people to solve a problem instead of just one, you're probably going to solve that problem. <laughs> so the, you know, YPO and EO, those are, are hugely beneficial uh, groups. Um, there's no alternative to honesty and hard work. I, I think that we, you know, see the Instagram version of people's less success and we're like, oh man, they just woke up and they were like this, but they're, they, you know, anyone who got there legitimately didn't do it without honesty and hard work. And any plan without action is just a dream. I think, uh, you know, that really puts success in perspective and, uh, you know, bootstrapping, working nights and weekends can in fact deliver a 700, uh, plus employee, $180 million business. You're, you're living proof of that Rapesh. So, you know, that's, that's amazing. It's, that's something where, um, you know, we're all striving for and, and, uh, that you've, you've done it. So thank you for sharing your time with us. Hey, Rapesh, you're awesome. Rapesh, you're awesome. Thank you so much. And, and, uh, funny because we're going to spite my my paving companies right now i've got a vision and a strategy to go to a billion dollar brand within seven years so i'm going to be a little slower than you okay but we're about to worry almost we're exact my paving companies i have five of them they're about the, they're the same size as you are revenues wise right i have another uh i have another um seven companies outside that that are smaller companies right that we own and operate but but we my goal is for my paving businesses to be the first commercial paving company that, that becomes a billion dollar brand right and i'm and i'm saying it i'm saying it every day i'm, ta- I'm, I'm going through the, the vision in my head and i have friends of mine that i trust that are that are that are you know basically throwing rocks at my plan to say yeah what are you gonna do about this how are you gonna fix that right and that's what i like to do right if, if you're you're a leader like you and i not only do you have to have the vision but you also have to re- rethink the vision often and and share it with people that you trust because those people you would trust will call out BS, right? They'll say, okay, Rapesh, that sounds good, but how are you going to do that? This and that makes you think again. Okay, well, boy, you got a good point, right? So again, I think a vision is so important, but restating that vision on a constant basis, whether it's a small business or your mid-sized businesses like we are, right? Restating that vision so that people you trust around you are putting, you know, throwing darts at it kind of, right? And as they throw darts, you're 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 figuring out again another solution to figure to, to get past the dart or the blind spot you might not have seen right so i love it i love it i like we're we gotta, we gotta continue to be friends and continue to talk about this stuff because we're on the same path they, we have a very similar mindset you know there's no way that uh, a dummy like me right that barely made it through high school could be successful unless i unless i find amazing people much smarter than me to help me get there right and, and I know, uh, you know you're a little more well, a little more educated, but you have the same exact mentality that we don't we don't appreciate people smarter than us or people that are going to challenge us. Um, we're not going to get there, right? When we think we're the smartest in the room, it's not happening. So um, we're we're we're, we're uh, very similar souls. So um, we'll continue to talk. And, um, and I also want to invite you to the, to look at Job Creators Network, the organization I'm now the the, the leading board member of. I'm the, I'm the finance chair of this board. But it's an organization that's grown immensely. We've solved some amazing problems in the country. We just actually sued uh, the president of the country, Biden, uh, against, and, and we're going to the Supreme Court fighting the student loan bailout. It's a half a trillion dollars. That half a trillion dollars will come from somewhere. 
it's coming from small businesses across America to pay for the for, for people to be not accountable for the government to pay for their loans, right? So we fought it, we won, and and Biden has is, is, is gone to the Supreme Court now, where we're going to beat him again. And again, we have to stand up if we if we want this country to be a country that survives, um, and 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 stays free free market focused. We got to fight for it, right? And so, um, if you like those ideas, I'll get you a little more information on that too. Yeah, sure. Count me in. I I love supporting the causes uh, the causes that I believe in, and this is one that like it sounds very much home home run to me. That yes, I I mean you need to have accountability. I mean just handing away um, freebies is not the way to run government and. Uh, I truly believe what you said, and I'd be happy to support you. I'd be happy to part of contributing towards the positivity of uh, job creator network. Please send me information, and like would love to meet up local folks and take it from there. You got it. You got it. I I I I can't wait to get to know you better. You're amazing man, and you're you're a great American, and uh, I appreciate I appreciate your friendship, and you're gonna be you're gonna inspire many people. And listen to our podcast. So thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you for being a guest on Ditch Digger CEO. And I can't wait to get to know you better. Thank you for everything. Likewise, Gary. I hope to see you in person soon someday. Absolutely. You will. Please enjoy as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. If you enjoy this show, please share with anyone else you think will find value here. And please go to our website, ditchdiggerceo.com, for show notes, links, video clips, and more nuggets of entrepreneurial wisdom. Don't forget to follow me on social media at ditchdiggerceo. Camps, paper routes, mowing lawns, hair.